0: We're going to continue our sermon series on the mission. The reason we're, we're talking about this is that this is so vital. This is so key that if we don't do this, if we don't live out our mission as individuals, as this church at Trinity Vineyard, as a church as a whole, if we don't live out our mission then what are we doing here? We've been talking about the mission, the mission of sharing the good news of God. We've been looking through the book of Acts about how the early disciples did that. But it comes to us. And here and now, it's our job to continue that. And if we mess this up, if if, if we don't do this, then what are we doing here? If we don't do this, then we're not growing, we're not moving, we have this light of Jesus that we've been singing about and talking about, and we're not sharing that with others. This is so key. That's why we're focusing on this for for a whole sermon series, and and for a few months. this This is a big focus of what we're doing here, is talking about mission, talking about how we can transform other people's lives our lives have been transformed and we want to continue that on so we've been looking at acts and just a the, the two-minute recap of what we talked about in acts so far so we had acts chapter one where, where jesus is with his disciples and he then ascends to heaven but before he does that he says i'm gonna you're gonna have power and bring that to jerusalem and samaria and to the ends of the earth and then we see in Acts chapter 2, we see uh, the promised Holy Spirit come on the day of Pentecost. And the disciples talking in different languages. And then Peter standing up and, and proclaiming Jesus. And, th- and 3,000 people are then, are then joined to that number. And, th- and, then, we, and then we see uh, the disciples going out and doing signs and wonders. You see um, Peter and John in the temple, and, and they heal the crippled man. And, and, and then you see some opposition from the Jewish authorities. But they continue on. And then we see Stephen, who's who's doing the work of of overseeing um, orphans and widows, making sure they're they're getting the the, the food. But he's also doing that filled with the Holy Spirit and having signs and wonders. And you have then the Jewish authorities that take him and stone him. We then have people that are are dispersed, they're they're afraid, and so so they go to different regions. And then then we see some of the disciples in different regions, so we see Philip in Samaria. We see Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch. And and the person who is leading some of these persecutions is a man named Saul. And and we saw last week Saul on his way to Damascus in order to to round up Christians and and to take them back to Jerusalem. He meets Jesus. He meets Jesus and he's transformed. And so we we continue to see this expanding, expanding of the kingdom, people who you thought, they're they're not going to be a part of this. Now all of a sudden are. We have the, the real plot twist here last week where, where the guy who you thought was, was the bad guy of this story, Saul, you thought he was the evil guy, God transforms him. And now he becomes, you know, as we then look for the rest of the book of Acts, he becomes his big hero. He, he becomes the guy who, who then brings the good news to the Gentiles. And today we're going to look at this kind of part of the, the transformation that Dan talked about it, that you have what they thought was just for the Jews is for everybody. It's for Jews and Gentiles. And we look at that today. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 10. And I won't read the first part, uh, but I'll just summarize it quickly. Uh, There's a man named Cornelius, and he is a Roman centurion. And and he's a believer. um, And he hears from the Holy Spirit, hey, get this Peter guy. Call him to you. And so he sends out uh, a group of his servants to go to go meet him. And we'll pick up the story there in Acts chapter 10. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. and He became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. you are looking for for what reason what is the reason for your coming and they said Cornelius a centurion an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear what you have to say so he invited them to be in to be his guests and the next day he arose and went away with them some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them, and he had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. He said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So the context here is you have, you have, you have Peter, and he has this vision. And so he, he's up on a housetop, which was common that houses during that day had, had a flat roof, and that would be kind of an extra area for people to um, be up there. Sometimes people even sleep up there because it was cooler up there uh, during the day. Um, so he's up there, and he has his trance. And it's a pretty weird one when you think about it, that you have this sheet that's descending and all these animals are on it, and then a, a voice of God saying, hey, go kill some animals and eat them. It, it, it's a very strange thing. And even Peter who doesn't quite understand what's going on here. But he's communicating that what God is making clean, it's lawful. So, so Peter is used to the, to the Jewish tradition where there was food that was clean and unclean. So going back to the Old Testament traditions, there, there were certain animals you could eat, those were the clean ones, and certain animals that you didn't eat. And, and so Peter, even in that passage, says, hey, I, I, I don't eat anything that's unclean. You know, I'm, I'm following the rules, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right stuff here. But God says, no, this is changing. And so just as he's still kind of mulling this over, what's going on, then Cornelius' men come and say, hey, come with us. We, 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 there's an angel has said to, to bring you to this guy Cornelius. And, and as Peter says, when he, when he gets there, again, another Jewish tradition, where, where they wouldn't go to the house of, of someone who wasn't Jewish. And so again, he, he's, he's kind of defying kind of old rules and laws to follow God's new vision. And so he goes there. And he then begins to talk and begins to share about Jesus. And here's what he says. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning with Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him appear Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded to us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that anyone who believes in him shall receive forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all And they asked him to remain for some days. So Peter has his opportunities. So he has Cornelius and, and, and all his friends and relatives that are, are probably in, inside this house or in an a, um, open area where they can all hear Peter. And, and he has a perfect summary of the gospel. That Jesus Christ, he's Lord he came, he did miraculous things, he, he healed, he cast out demons, but he was killed. But then he rose again. And that people who believe in that, believe in that, they have forgiveness of sins. So he, he sells the simple gospel message. Here, here's what happened. Here, here's who Jesus is. Here's what happens when you believe in him. And then immediately the Holy Spirit falls on them. And you have some there that that are amazed because they they haven't quite gotten it yet. They thought that this following Jesus thing, this was a Jewish thing. They thought this was, if you're Jewish, this is the fulfillment of the Jewish scriptures. And so this is all Jewish. It's, It's not for the Gentiles. It's not for the other people. And here you see Peter through his vision starting to understand that. And then he sees God's spirit is on them. And if God's spirit is on them just like it was on me in the day of Pentecost, who am I to say, no, you can't be a part of this? Who am I to say, no, you can't be baptized into this? So he sees with his eyes, yes, God is at work here and these people are a part of it. And this ends up being a big turning point that we can see, yes, Gentiles are in. These people you thought were kind of outside of it, yes, God has a plan for them too. God wants to bring them in. And you have Peter here who's then just following God's spirit. So again, we we see this theme again and again in the book of Acts is people, you have angels, you have the Holy Spirit, you have God somehow telling them, hey, do this. And they do it. So you see that with Cornelius here, you see that with Peter here, you, you see that where it's just God directs them and they go. They may not always understand it, they may not get it all at first, but they go, and then God works his path. God works his will and his promise through that. So with this, we we see again the expansion of God's kingdom. A few weeks ago, we talked about this idea that it starts with Jesus, and then it had these disciples who started out, but this kingdom of God continues to grow. And it's just like the parable of Jesus where he talks about the kingdom of God being like a mustard seed. That it starts out so small, but then it grows. And I ask you to think about this whole process of it starting with Jesus and disciples and then it goes on and then we we kind of start seeing all these other people who are being added in. And through one of these avenues, through the last 2,000 years, it's reached you. And that this expansion of the kingdom, this expansion of evangelism, has come to you. And maybe when we're in heaven we'll be able to see that and 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 do the connected dots of how this all happened, which would be just amazing to see how God worked throughout history so that you would believe. But that expansion doesn't stop with us. It doesn't stop with us. It continues on. It could be that that someone thought you wonder know what? I'm going to step out in faith and 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 do this good work or or talk to this person or have compassion on this person or share the gospel message like we see Peter here and that changed someone's life and because of that down the line you believed as well you have an opportunity to do that to continue this expansion that's our mission and since this is so important i want to highlight four different reasons why you need to do this mission. And, and, and by mission, we're really talking about expanding God's kingdom. And that can happen in a lot of different ways. It's that's not just by standing on, on a corner and, and, and preaching, but it's, it's through works of compassion. It's through praying for people. It's through kindness. It's through acts of service. It's through friendship and being there for people. It's through all these different avenues. And, and God has called you to a, to a certain group at a certain time that each one of you is, is equipped with what God wants to equip you with, with, with your history and your experience and your interests and your talents and where God has you positioned with different people and different groups so that you can talk to them, so you can communicate them, so you can be there for them. So each one of us ha- has a slightly different view on this, and has a slightly different part in this, but it's all going back to expanding God's kingdom. So he- here are four different reasons why you need to do this. Number one, out of obedience. This is what Jesus said. We, we even hear uh, Peter say that again. This is what Jesus said to do. But we have Jesus w- when he was on earth and then as He is ascending to heaven saying, go and make disciples. There's a command there. And so we need to do this out of, out, of, out of obedience. That if we say, Jesus, yes, I believe in you. Jesus, I want to follow you. Where is he going? Jesus is doing the work of expanding his kingdom. If we want to be followers of Jesus, then we need to follow him in that work. That's what we're following him in. So we need to do it out of obedience because God called us to that. He's equipped you for a reason. And he's saying, share my message. So there's people that you can impact and you do that out of obedience. That's the first one. The second one is doing it out of compassion. We have had so many natural disasters, and we've had the Las Vegas shooting and and, and other mass shootings and other terrorist attacks, and and we can look at those people, and and we can have such compassion. for, for, For people who have lost loved ones or for people whose homes are destroyed or don't have clean water or don't have electricity, We can have so much compassion, we say, I want to help them. That's just just a natural human reaction to see that and go, I want to help them. So there's compassion. And in those things, we can really see it. It's it's very visible to us. But there's also people who are going through life, and there's just something missing inside them. They, They don't have the love of Jesus. They don't have it there, and it's missing in them. And they're searching for it. Maybe they won't have the words for it. Maybe, maybe they uh, don't know they are. But they're searching for it. It's an act of compassion. You need to have compassion on them and say, I've got the good news. I need to share it with you. In the same way that we look at someone who lost their home and we say, I, I've got more than enough money uh, for, for my home. Can I I donate some money there so they can rebuild their homes? Or I have food to eat. Can I donate some money or donate some food so other people can eat? In the same way, we have the light. We have the gospel message. And there's people out there who are dying without it. And we need to share it. We need to share it. So we want to do it out of obedience. We want to do it out of compassion because there's people who need it. I think of it like this because I, I don't know what it's like to, to go through life without God's love in my heart. I don't know what that is because I, I, I grew up in a Christian household. I, I met Jesus at a, at a really young age. And so I don't know what it's like to go through life without that in my life. So, some, some of you know that, what, what that what it was like for you. I, I don't know what that's like. And in some ways, that's uh, almost like what they talk about, well, like white privilege or something like that, that because I'm white, I, I don't always know or experience what other races do or other people do. In, in, in the same way, I've gone through life knowing God, having that hope, having that power in me, in some ways, I, I, I don't know the struggles that accompany not having that because I've been able, have been privileged enough to have known Jesus my whole life but others haven't. So we need to have compassion and say, they need it. I have it, they need it. Let's bring it to them. So we want to do it out of obedience, we want to do it out of compassion. We want to do it for our church. We we want to to do it for the church as a whole, but we want to do it for this community here. For our community here to to thrive, to to grow, to to be where, where we want it to be, It involves bringing unchurched and unsaved people here. If if we don't do this as a church, if we don't do this as Trinity Vineyard, bringing new people in, working this mission, then we're dead. If we don't do this mission as this church, we're dead. It'd probably be a a slow death, but, but, but it would happen. That numbers would dwindle, and eventually this church would close. We don't do this. The vitality of Trinity Vineyard, and this, this goes for every church. This goes for the church as a whole, the church as a whole throughout the world. If we stop evangelism, if we stop this mission, then the church is dead. So, for this church, you want to see this church grow. You want to sh- see this church flourish. You want to see people in this church reach their potential, what God has for them? Bring in new people. That's where we get an opportunity to learn and grow and, and display God's gifts and, and, and to um, have an opportunity to share what God has for us. We get to share that with, with people who are desperate for that same type of stuff. I want to see this church grow. I want to see this church flourish. I want each and every one of you to have an opportunity to live out what God's calling on your life is. I want each one of you to be so excited about what we're doing here that you want to bring people in. I want you to be so excited that you can come to church on a Sunday morning and go, wow, that person just just made a commitment to Jesus this morning. Or, wow, that person, I, I knew them a year ago and now look at them. Look at where they're at. Look at what they're doing. There's so much excitement in that. If you want to be excited about that, if you want to be excited about what we're doing, if you want to see more life and vitality here at Trinity Vineyard, let's work this mission. Let's do that. That's that's where a whole bunch of life comes as we do that. So we want to do it out of obedience, we want to do it out of compassion, we want to do it for the church for the church as as, as a whole, but this Trinity Vineyard version of it. We want to see this grow. And finally, do it for yourself. It sounds a little selfish, but I've got some reasoning here. All of us want to live lives that have an impact. We, We want to live a life that has some adventure to it. So that, that's why we, we like to go traveling and we like to see new things or maybe some of you like to try new restaurants or um, to meet new people, that you get to have a little adventure in your life by, by doing new things. Some of you maybe uh, want to do that with, with jobs or with your career, that you change careers or you, you want to do something that's more exciting. And, and so we, we, we do those things for our, maybe our careers we do that stuff maybe with working out. I want to try out this new, uh, this new workout class or I'm going to do something different with my workout routine. We think about it that way of, of trying new things. We do that with meeting new people. We do that with how we want to experience life and going on vacations and trying new foods. But then when it comes to our spiritual life, we go, I'm good. I believe Jesus. I've, I've got the whole package. I'm good. We don't want to try new things. If we live this mission, it's a life of adventure. We talk about empowering eternally significant lives. And and that eternally part is so important. We want you to have lives that have significance, but if you can have a life by what you do here on earth, if that changes something for eternity for people, just think about that for a second. But what you do on this earth in your lifetime changes could, can change things for eternity for someone. That's so powerful that, uh, that all of us want to have a life that has meaning. All of us want a, a life that has a legacy to it. But we look back and go, Wow. Meant something. I argue that the way we want to do that is by following God's mission, and it's not through our powers, it's through His. We go back and go, "Wow, that was a life—a life, a life of, of 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 some ups and downs, lives of of you know trials." But you go back and go, "Wow, that was a life. I've got stories to tell, and there's an impact that's going to last." Beyond when I'm here. A few weekends ago we did, uh, at the Scarecrow Fest, we handed out bottles of water. And I I I was a part of this, and I have to be honest, that Saturday morning, I didn't feel like going there. I didn't want to do that. I I, I wanted to be sleeping in or or relaxing or watching TV or something else. I didn't want to be there. And it was, it was it was more out of obligation other things that I was there. But as I was I you know woke up early, I got a whole bunch of cases of water, and brought it there. And for a few hours, I was handing out bottles of water, and I was able to pray for people. That was life giving to me. I I left that feeling excited. I left that um, feeling alive. And that's the opportunity each one of us has and, and that's because God created us for this mission. That, then as we live it out, and as we live out God's calling for our lives, as God's positioned you where you're at to do the mission with the people that you run into and the people that you can influence, when you do that, you step into what you're created to do and there's life in that. There's joy in that. That's what this is all about. It's about mission. It's about what can we do. How can we obey God? How can we show compassion for other people? How can we benefit and grow our church? And how can we live lives that are worth living? We do that all with this mission. That the the average human lifespan has about 28,000 days in it. That sounds really short when you think it like that. And, and, and some of us are, are, are close to halfway. Some, some of us are even, even further on beyond that. Make each day count. We only got a number, a number of them. Maybe if we're lucky, we get, we get the 28,000 or maybe 30,000 or more, but that's it. And for some of us, it's a lot less than that. We don't know what happens next week or next month or next year for us. We can make it count by doing this mission. That's what we saw the disciples doing. That's what we've seen throughout church history and it comes to us. Let's make the most of it. Let's make the most of this mission. So start taking those steps today to obey God show tremendous compassion for people to benefit our church and to have a life that is eternally significant. Please rise. I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to, to come on us just like uh, when, when, when in the story in Acts when, when Peter was talking, the Holy Spirit fell. And that's where we get our power from. So I'm going to be praying for that, for the Holy Spirit, for us. Come, Holy Spirit. Look, Jesus is Lord. Jesus came and died, and he rose again. And when we believe in him, there's forgiveness of sins. Lord, allow that message to resonate with us, to inspire us, to motivate us, and send your Holy Spirit right now to fill each and every one of us for our mission. Start revealing to us right now the people that you want highlighted in our minds the people that you're calling right now, that we get to be a part of bringing them into the kingdom. Highlight to this right now. Highlight certain acts that we can start doing right now, maybe acts of compassion or kindness or words of encouragement, being uh, servants to people. Show us acts right now that are going to bring people into your kingdom. Show us our calling for your kingdom. Empower us now with your Holy Spirit. We pray for more Holy Spirit to fall now. Empower us to live lives that change eternity for other people. Allow us to have a vision of the future where we're in your throne room and we see people who look at us and go, it was because of you. You, you, you stepped out and through, through the work of Jesus, you made a difference for eternity. Allow us to have a vision of that. And Lord, when things get tough, embolden us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us as the church to come uh, beside one another and encourage one another. We want to see your life. Life and vitality for individuals. Life and vitality for Trinity Vineyard. Life and vitality for your church globally. And life and vitality through history for your kingdom. Allow us to be a part of that and empower us with your Holy Spirit. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're now going to have some ministry time. We have our our kids who are going to be praying. Um, So kids, come on in. So if you want some prayer, we have our kids who are are trained and they love praying for people. Um, So get some prayer for them. We'll also have some adults up front to pray. If If you're getting this sense that, wow, okay, there's, there's a mission thing, I, I, I want to be a part of this, and you don't know where to start, have someone pray for you. H- have God kind of start revealing where you can start, the, 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 the little tiny steps that you can start taking on this journey.